Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel to the Joker, God away. Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And we are here for yet another holiday episode. Yay! Yay. This is going to be really shitty. <laughs> yeah. You thought Jingle All the Way was bad? Well, <laughs> listen up, kids. <laughs> this movie has a few things in common with our last film that we discussed. It's from the 90s, a mere year after Jingle All the Way. And it also stars... The great and powerful Arnold Schwarzenegger. But one thing that it does not share with Jingle All the Way is it's not <laughs> really a Christmas movie in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it would be a cold day in hell to call this a Christmas movie. Uh, well, get used to that. That's that's what we're going to be doing this whole movie, making jokes about being cold and ice. Burr. Freezing. So, uh, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're watching Batman and Robin, guys. Released in 1997. Yeah. Other than the Dark Knight trilogy, this is your first Batman, correct? Yeah, I haven't seen any of the Keaton Batman, Noval Kilmer Batman. I've just seen Christian Bale Batman and Robert Pattinson uh, that's Batman. That's right, I forgot we did Pattinson. That exists now. But yeah, this is my first exposure to another Batman from the 90s era, and I'm not excited about it. But here's the thing. I actually, that's a lie. I am excited about it because all I've heard are bad things. And you know me, I'm a connoisseur of shit. I love a good, bad movie now and again, and I've heard some terrible things about this movie. And and I did I did laugh several times at things. That's a success. I'll call it a success, I guess. But yeah. here here's the thing, guys. Okay, I know it's not a Christmas movie. I fucking know that. But it's you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, ice puns, cold winter time Christmas. This is how we made the connection. Yes, this is how we made the connection. So get over it. Yeah. Batman and Robin existed a time frame where Batman started getting silly again. Oh, no. Like Adam West style. Yes, like Adam West style. Also, it existed at a time where we were still trying to make Chris O'Donnell happen. Yeah, I don't know why that was a thing. I think, honestly, I think if they had come out of the gate with this particular movie... Like in a more tongue-in-cheek way, and like trying to make it like almost a parody of the old-school Adam West Batman. I feel like there's a world in which this could have worked, but the whole Chris O'Donnell thing is weird. Really, every single person in this movie is weird, and so many of them are actually talented, which makes it even more weird. But particularly Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone. They were kind of dead in the water. They really didn't have any chance at all because it's particularly prevalent with Chris O'Donnell's character. But they're both clearly written to be 
teenagers, like young teenagers, but they're in their mid twenties. <laughs> so like they're trying to do this dialogue that is clearly written for a petulant child and make it sound not stupid coming out of their grown ass mouths. <laughs> and it's just, uh, also somehow it made the talented people in this movie, like George Clooney, Uma Thurman, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, it made them either completely lacking personality on the scale of George Clooney or just complete cartoon characters on the scale of like Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman. So this movie is certainly bizarre in a lot of ways. Well, it's weird because Schwarzenegger's almost feels like he's in the movie that we should be having. Like the cheesy dialogue, the... The goofiness that Schwarzenegger brings at times. Like, that's the movie we should be having. And everyone else isn't playing to that. I think Uma is. Uma Uma is, yes, to a degree. Or at least she, she, yeah, she's trying to more. It's hard to match Schwarzenegger. But, like, the, right. our villains feel like they're in a different movie than our heroes. But I, I will give it to Schwarzenegger. Like in Jingle All the Way, despite how stupid that movie is. In this movie, he's giving it his all. So it, it makes it watchable, if nothing else. It completely silly and stupid and terrible. Not even in like a necessarily fun way all the time, but he's giving it everything he's got. It's just it's so weird. It really is. There's so many problems. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. So this movie was directed by Joel Schumacher. Yes, <laughs> and he is one of the. F- handful of people in this movie that experienced a bit of a slump in their career due to this movie obviously we talked about Joel Schumacher not too long ago during our spooky season with the Lost Boys yes. and um, while that movie was good it, it is still like cheesy and over the top as fuck so you see the blueprints for this movie in Lost Boys for sure Well, yes you can see some blueprints there but also you have to take into context this movie and its predecessor came out at a time after we had our two Michael Keaton Batmans, which are very dark. Yeah. Wasn't Val Kilmer's before this? Yes, Val Kilmer's was before this. That was sillier, right? Yes. I don't know. We, I just we, know we, from... Yes, th- that is also silly. But these two movies course-corrected from the other two Batman movies because they were like, we can't keep making Batman so dark. He's a comic book character. He's got to be for kids. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know what we want from kids? We want them to buy toys. Oh, yeah. It's very clear this movie was created, at least in part, to sell toys because they just, like, keep showing off this clearly plasticky, almost, like, everything looks like it's shrink-wrapped already. (laughs) <laughs> the tech in this movie, the cars and the, the guns and the pew pew pews and the tanks and the, oh my god, it's like never ending. But everything looks so fake. The sets look fake. It looks like a fucking amusement park half the time. Just everything is so artificial and annoyingly so. But uh, it was the movie was written also by Akiva Goldsman, who has had kind of a mixed bag throughout. His career. He also wrote Batman Forever. Uh, he won an Oscar for Beautiful Mind. He mm-hmm. wrote the Da Vinci Code movie. Mm. But then on the other hand, he also wrote some like shitty Transformers sequel. 
And apparently he's writing Constantine 2 that's coming out. Okay. I've never seen the first one. We'll that's get on there. Scotty's list for me. But um, while we're on the subject of all the many, 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 many problems of this movie, let's talk about the Razzies. <laughs> now, this movie was nominated for not one, not two, not three, not even four Razzie Awards, but 11. Oh, damn. 11 Razzie Award nominations. And I- shockingly, it only won one of them, and that was for Worst Supporting Actress for Alicia Silverstone, which I think is rightfully deserved. She is also one of the people that experienced quite a slump in her career after this. Uh, this movie came out like two years after Clueless, and Clueless was such a big movie so it makes sense why they would want to cast her in a role like this and put her in their movie because yeah alicia silverstone but then after this it was like oh alicia silverstone this feels like she has nothing to do really in this movie except be what three quarters of the way through the movie oh she finds out about batman and becomes batgirl and like that's her like arc of the movie Uh, i'm not gonna throw all the razzies but I'm, i'm gonna go through some of the highlights here it was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Couple for Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. However, it lost to another infamously bad couple from the movie Double Team with Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> uh, I thought Scott would find that I, funny. I do find that very funny. It was also nominated for Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. And uh, <laughs> it lost that award to Con Air. Which, like, okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, most of the movie takes place in the sky and stuff. But then, you know, there's that chase scene at the end. (laughs) Yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, But the last one I'll bring up as far as the Razzies, it was nominated for Worst Remake slash Sequel. And it lost that to uh, Speed 2. Cruise Control. You guys remember Speed 2, don't you? No, I don't either. (laughs) It's the one on the ship. Right, yeah, the ship of dreams. <clears throat> the one without Keanu. So before we get into the nitty gritty, I mean, th- this is going to be a slog, you guys. The the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is uh, a 12%, a whole 12%. So, you know, you're, you're not here for real, uh, you know, cinematic analysis. You're here to watch us try not to kill ourselves i'm gonna give you one last little not so fun fact as an indication of how sad the fact that this movie exists really is uh apparently this was the last batman film that bob kane who created batman saw before he died in 1998 and doesn't that just make you want to cry <laughs> it does <laughs> it really does <sighs> so frankie just before we dive into this nitty-gritty I want to let the audience know that you created a pun counter. I did. I cuz going into this movie, I know that it's the, the comedy is based mostly on puns and like, you know, little one-liners and stuff. So I I decided I was going to make a pun counter. Really what I should have done, I feel like, is make a one-liner counter. Just like for cheesy one-liner because then after a while watching this movie, all of the cheesy, stupid one-liners were started to run together, and then I was like questioning what is a pun and what is life, what is existence. Batman and Robin broke Frankie's brain. For I it kind of did, <laughs> I, yeah. But there's there's a lot of puns, and we can get to the 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 counter, the results at the end of the show. 
but uh you know it's it's a lot it's it's a lot i was okay for a while but then there was one particular pun in like the last quarter of the movie and then i i don't know what that specific one did to me but like it's i just like i just gave up on life and i just like burst into laughter and i missed out on like half of the climax because i was just dying but at that point i didn't care because what is a climax really It'll, what is a movie <laughs> well a, a climax no in french is no the little death and <laughs> the little death oh that's what i need a little death <laughs> death is cold no 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 it's not shut up i can't take any more ice or cold puns i can't do it anymore it leads uh, to- <laughs> bat nipples <laughs> and back crotch so we start with the logo freezing over. Mm. How how emasculating do you think it was for George Clooney, who's playing Batman in this movie, to not be billed first in a Batman movie? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is billed first. Oh, yeah. And he's the villain. He is the villain. One of two villains. He is. Arguably, like, the more prominent, I guess, villain. He is the more prominent villain. Because where is Clooney at this point in his career? This is this was like a year after Dusk Till Dawn, so this was relatively earlier in his like he wasn't like a big movie star yet. Yeah, this I don't is, think. we haven't hit oceans yet where he's like one of the biggest actors in the world outside of Brad Pitt. Yeah, we're we're a few years out from uh, oceans, but he still was paid like twenty five million dollars for this role. So, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. No, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is arguably the biggest action star in the world still at this point well yeah if george clooney was paid 25 mil like one can only imagine what schwarzenegger was paid for this movie at least double (laughs) it terrifies me so we cut to the infamous batman and robin getting dressed scene when you see George Clooney in particular with the cowl on and it's like covering half his face, he looks so uncomfortable. Well, because I think it wasn't until Christian Bale, I think the head was allowed to move. Because I know that was a big thing for like Keaton always complained about that, that he couldn't move his head. He had to move his entire body to turn around. Oh, but babe, they had the technology in this movie to create the Batmobile and the fucking like ice tank thing and the big underwater tube that mr freeze keeps his dead wife alive in but they couldn't figure out a way to swivel one's rubber head around and it's all being sold at mcdonald's with your kid's latest purchase of a happy meal oh my god i want to fucking die already okay so (laughs) The, the villain is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. And this is the year after Jingle All the Way, like like we said. And, he, you know, the, the first, like, big fight scene is set up with him versus Batman and Robin, played by Chris O'Donnell. Uh, we actually talked about Chris O'Donnell before. He's another one that experienced quite a slump after this movie. But we talked about him with the Three Musketeers movie. Yep. Which, in that movie, he was kind of like whatever, too. I've never... I mean, I, I don't really seek out movies for Chris O'Donnell, but, like, I've never seen a movie with Chris O'Donnell, and I'm like, you know what? That kid's going places. That kid's going to Los Angeles to be on NCIS. Yes, with LL Cool J. 
But yeah, the, the, the fight scene is a fight scene. It really comes off like an old school Adam West Batman TV show episode. Oh. There's one point, they're, they're all in an ice rink because Mr. Freeze, right? And then, you know, uh, they click their heels twice and out of their rubber suits come ice skates. And all I could think was, wow. What what a manly, <laughs> brave, strong superhero. He clicks his heels twice like Dorothy and out come ice skates. So graceful. It's it's amazing. It really is. And then, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's doling out freezy puns and things and I'm just ticking them off on my little counter. And then at one point he set he's like, you know, making a, a evil like escape like you know villains do and he says he says to batman freeze well and then leaves and i'm like i stopped i was like was that a pun what was that was that a pun on sleep well freeze well that doesn't even sound that's not a pun there are some things in this movie that clearly like they're trying to be a pun and they're not and it's like it's so easy to make puns about cold things ice cold freezing there's so many words that mean cold so there's so many different puns that you could make but freeze well but i just shook my head and made another little tick on my chart and off we went and i think one of the biggest problems here is the clearly antagonistic relationship between Batman and Robin. It just doesn't feel right. Well, in my experience with the Batman character, the Batman-Robin relationship is supposed to be at worst, at least friendly, but like it's supposed to be almost like a father-son type of relationship, almost. They don't have that at all. I mean, yes, historically, I'm sure Batman and Robin have argued and things about about stuff, but it's not this. It's they, There's no chemistry between them. There's no like, oh, that lovable scamp Robin. He He's a pain in my ass, but I love him so. No, it's none of that. They just hate each other. Batman just seems like he's sick of this fucking snot-nosed kid running around in his fucking rubber suit, you know, <laughs> whining and bitching. And mo- all he does is whine. Chris O'Donnell just whines all the time. You just can't stand that maybe she wanted me instead of you. I mean, that's your idea of friendship, isn't it, Bruce? It's your house. It's your rules. I mean, it's your way or the highway. It's Batman and Robin, not Robin and Batman. And I'm sick of it. And just every single thing he says is complaining. Which makes sense if he's a teenager, not a 25-year-old grown-ass man. I want Ivy. You can't have her. She would rather be with me than with you. And another big problem with, I guess, our big three here, since we're just discussing, like, the opening sequence, Batman, Robin, Mr. Freeze, right? One of the big problems with Mr. Freeze, i.e. Arnold Schwarzenegger, is... He's barely intelligible in this movie. Half the time, I can't even understand what he's saying. And that's not to make fun of his accent, because clearly he's done plenty of movies in the past and beyond this movie that you can understand what he's saying. He's got an accent, obviously, but you can still understand what he's saying. For whatever reason, I think he had something like in his mouth to make it like glow or something or to make his tongue bluish. I don't know, but he had something going on that impeded his speech. 
you could understand maybe the first half of his sentence and then towards the end he's just like and i'm like okay (laughs) what did you say it's sad because mr freeze is one of the most heartbreaking villains in batman with his wife being frozen and stuff and him trying his best to try and figure out how to save her life and the only way he can figure out how to keep the lights on so she doesn't die is basically he turns to a life of crime yeah they try to make it all sympathetic and shit but i don't care well i feel nothing in this movie (laughs) remotely emotional they have a whole subplot where alfred the butler is dying from some horrible disease and like they had a scene at one point where george clooney's having like a heart to heart with alfred and george clooney is welling up with tears and i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) is this the same movie we've been watching for the past like half hour like it's a joke it's a joke that after all the tomfoolery and fuckery that that then randomly they'll try to like pigeonhole in a fucking emotional scene and throughout the entirety of the film they keep throwing in like flashbacks to a young bruce wayne being raised by alfred to like look feel emotions this man is dying and he raised the batman guy isn't that sad he's so sad but at the same time it's like alfred in this movie he's played by michael go i want to say g-o-u-g-h is how you spell the last name and he's in all the burton batman films so he's been our alfred for however many movies at this point I, I don't know his actual age in this movie. I don't know if he was aged up, like, with makeup and such. But the guy looks like he's, like, 907 years old in this movie. And that might just be because the actor was sick of being in these stupid films. And he just looked tired and haggard by life. But that's that's besides the point. He was old as fuck. So the idea that he's dying now isn't exactly like, you know a shocking revelation to anybody he's old as the hill let him go let him go in peace well frankie he's a slave (laughs) oh my god well that's it okay so alicia silverstone shows up at some point because we need more useless characters in this movie and she shows up she's barbara gordon except she's not barbara gordon she's she's not related to commissioner gordon at all because commissioner gordon in these movies is a bumbling idiot so we have to have her related to somebody else. So she's Alfred's niece. So some niece that we've never probably heard of before. Not even his daughter or granddaughter or anything. Just just some random niece that comes to visit. And that apparently Alfred's been supporting financially for her whole life. Even though we've never heard of her. Okay, whatever. She comes by and she's like, I'm here to save Alfred from his life of servitude to the Wayne family. And it's like, really, bitch? (laughs) Really? Okay. How do you think Alfred was supporting you for all these years? Right. He was working for nothing. Like... (laughs) While you were in England, because she's supposed to be from England. And has no accent. None. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. We Listen, we can barely ask Alicia Silverstone to act in this movie. We're not going to ask her to put on an accent. No thanks. It's fine. So while all this is going on... We oh my god, it's so painful already. All we right. cut to the jungles of South America, I believe. Yeah, somewhere in South America. You know, where plants live and it's hot and shit. Where <laughs> Uma Thurman 
is trying to look not sexy at all. Oh, they tried so hard to make Uma Thurman unattractive. They just like greased her up and messed up her hair and put glasses on her and shit and like made her look all frumpy with oversized clothes. It's like, honey, she still has a face. She's still Uma Thurman. Like, stop it. She plays Poison Ivy, obviously. And she's a botanist trying to figure out how to like cure all plant life and stuff. But she works for John Glover, who, for all you who don't know, I'm a huge Smallville fan. Oh, no. And he played Lionel Luther, Lex Luthor's father, in Smallville. I do have that in my notes. I also have that he voiced the Riddler in the Batman animated series. He did. But he plays Dr. Jason Woodrew. Is he important? No. No. But He's just there to be creepy guy. And to create Bane in one of the most hated things I have about this movie. Oh, yeah. You thought that uh, I was annoyed by certain things in this movie so far? Oh, trust me. The sheer hatred that Scott has for Bane in this film is just so hilariously unmatched. Bane, the man who broke the Batman who took Batman, lifted him in the air, and broke his back over his knee, is basically reduced to a bumbling henchman who just goes... Bane is a super intellectual in the comics and in most Batman stories, and it's so frustrating that he's left to this nonsense. In this movie, essentially, the doctor guy, he... He takes this like random dude out of prison or something to experiment on him with clearly like, the Captain America super soldier serum from <laughs> Marvel. And like he takes this random skinny guy and turns him into Bane and makes his muscles big and his brain dumb. But in the interim of the experimentation, for some reason, they put a luchador mask on him. Because Bane wore a mask, so we gotta put the mask on him for reasons. Ex- it doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't. It doesn't make a lick of sense. He's just there to be a henchman throughout the movie and like lift things up and put them down. You know, stuff like that. At one point, he's planting bombs and just goes, bomb, psh, bomb. Psh. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> oh no! I'm so, oh. Tom Hardy. He is not. Although Tom Hardy's Bane, well, better than this one, obviously. The voice was really distracting, I remember, in Dark Knight Rises. It sounded like an evil British villain just went through a drive-thru at KFC (laughs) and ordered, like, all of the fucking popcorn chicken. (laughs) Bane is one of my favorite supervillains of DC. And Dark Knight Rises, which is also a movie I dislike, they turn Bane into a fucking patsy in that movie too. He's like, he's this badass guy doing all this hell and at the end, oh yeah, I was just taking orders from Talia al Ghul this whole time. Oh right, I remember that. Fuck you. Fuck you, Dark Knight Rises, you're a piece of shit. Boy, that escalated quickly. So, yes, Ivy kills John Glover, becomes Poison Ivy after an, an accident yeah, and I mean the costume, guys. The Poison Ivy costume is everything. <laughs> I mean, all the costumes in this movie are cartoony as fuck, let's be real. But the Poison Ivy costume in particular, it's just like green tights with like plastic leaves and vines all over it. And the wig. The wig 
is out of this world it belongs on like the Jetsons literally like it's so much and Uma throughout the movie she's doing her best I feel like she knows what the assignment is at least so she kills John Glover she takes control of Bane and says we must go and they go off to Gotham because she realizes some of their stuff was stolen from Wayne Enterprises so we jump to Gotham Bruce is like let me go show off this new giant telescope ah and we're gonna explain it really really obnoxiously about how it can bounce off of satellites because that's what telescopes do and (laughs) it can see all around the world and i'm gonna explain it so much even though no one cares also because it'll be important later as frankie said this doesn't work like that telescopes don't work like this but okay sure whatever who cares at this point ivy shows up and starts talking to bruce not as poison ivy as her human not supervillain self pamela isley right you know the frumpy lady that's clearly not hot like uma thurman is we also do want to bring up bruce has a girlfriend oh yeah she's totally pointless you think everybody in this movie's pointless they are but the girlfriend to batman in this movie is even more pointless her name's julie and she's played by Elle mcpherson who's some model lady and she was a big deal in the 90s so we put her in the batman movie at first, I thought she was Vicky Vale, but she's not. No, you fool. She's just some random lady named Julie. What are you talking about? Apparently, they've been dating for a year, they say later. And Bruce is just imagining other women. Yeah, you can tell because they have such great chemistry. Their relationship is super strong. But Bruce decides he's going to invite Miss Pamela Isley to an auction being held later tonight. Hosted by the Cape Crusaders. Why are the Cape Crusaders hosting an auction? Yeah, that confused me too. Because they said that. And then later on, they have the whatever charity event. And Batman and Robin come in costume and do like a public appearance. As if they're like, you know, fucking disney characters at disney world like oh hello hello citizens of gotham we are here to protect you it's like very weird but then even weirder so when pamela isley is leaving her little conversation with george clooney aka bruce wayne not batman right she's walking away and the security guards are like showing her out like literally two feet away from her and she goes into a rant about her evil plans she's like i will get the batman and i will show him what's for and i will save the planet with my green little plants that will take over the world and humans will die and all this crazy shit and i'm just standing right there they never pan to them obviously because that would make too much sense but all i can picture while she's going on about her evil plan I'm just like, these security guards are right off to the side. Like, uh, ma'am, we we can hear you. Are you planning to do some crime tonight, ma'am? <laughs> ma'am, are, are you all right? Do we have to bring you to Arkham just to, you know, calm down? <laughs> uh, but we cut to this costume auction ball thing. Everything is over the top because Joel Schumacher there's a jungle theme and they have these dancers in like jungle quote-unquote attire 
And it's like, it came off vaguely uncomfortable, especially because all of the jungle dancers are of, you know, not white descent. (laughs) So it just, it came off a little uncomfy. But let's move on from that very quickly, (laughs) please. Yes, and they're doing this auction for random women. Like, oh, date this random girl. Oh, yeah, they're doing an auction, you know, to go out with pretty ladies. And they're pretty young ladies, all made up and done up and beautiful. And then you have these old crusty white men putting down millions of dollars to sleep with, I mean, go out on a nice date with them and kiss them on the cheek when they say goodnight at their front door. But baby, it's cold outside. Oh, God, go away. (laughs) I gotta go away. But Poison Ivy shows up in a gorilla suit. And does a strip tease? It was very creepy. Just show up in the outfit. That's big enough, honey. The green tights and shit. Just do that. You don't have to put on a fucking neon gorilla suit over it. It's weird. Was it a neon gorilla suit? It it was neon pink, yes. It was, right? I thought I imagined that for a second. (laughs) And she comes up. She pheromones Batman and Robin. Don't say that like it's a normal thing. Oh, she pheromones them. That's not a... You can't just verb that. Like, it's a normal thing. Plants have pheromones. So she emits this, like, red dust juju that, like, gets into their nostrils and makes them horny. (laughs) This starts the bedding segment between Batman and Robin. Oh, my God. Which leads to... (gasps) The back credit card! No, never leave the cave without it. <laughs> I remember this bit. Um, the Nostalgia Critic is a movie reviewer on YouTube, and he years and years ago did a review of Batman and Robin where he, he had a whole shtick about the Bat credit card. They had the balls to give one of the greatest superheroes of all time a Bat credit card? No! No! Does not compute! Does not compute! So I remember that being a thing. And it was just as stupid then as it is now. Someone later tried to, like, rationalize this. Like, of course Batman would have a credit card to pay for stuff so it wouldn't be linked back to Bruce Wayne. But the money still has to come from somewhere. And what, Batman's a fucking billionaire just like Bruce Wayne that we don't know about? Like, uh... We don't have to think about those things, do we? Nerds like to think about those things, dear. Oh, God. Everything hurts in my brain. And then the fucking... Did Freeze show up again? Yes, Freeze shows up. Freeze shows up again. Yay! And then he freezes a bunch of people, you know, like in icicles. And Batman and Robin go after him. And he just looked... At one point, Batman just looks over at Commissioner Gordon. And he's like, Commissioner, you have 11 minutes to unfreeze these people. Okay, bye. And leaves. And I'm like, wait, wait. You can't just say that. How am I supposed to do that? There are literally hundreds of people here. And they all just got frozen. Like, how do you expect me? Uh, Okay, bye. And then he goes after Freeze. And at one point, Freeze comes out with another fucking killer pun. One of many, many, many. He says, I don't even know what this is supposed to be. He says, it's a cold town. But he says it like that. Like, it's supposed to be a pun for something. Like, it's supposed to be clever. And I'm like, it's a cold. Yes, it is. You just froze a hundred fucking people. Like, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, God. I don't know what's happening. So, as Batman and Robin go to chase Freeze, Bane takes off his monkey hat because he was another monkey and, oh, God. And Ivy goes, 
No more monkey business. <laughs> it's so obvious that, that this is what they wanted to do. They wanted to make a fucking like Adam Westy type Batman thing. Like I said before, it maybe could have worked if you were like leaning into that and maybe being tongue in cheek about it. But it's they just didn't do that because George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell and that like they feel like they're at least trying to be in a Batman movie. It's very confusing. The tone just doesn't make any sense. At one point in one of the fight scenes, they do a fucking slide whistle. Like someone goes flying in the air and they go, woo! And it's like, what, 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 what is this? What is this? As they're chasing Freeze here, Freeze jumps off a statue's hand and Robin's like, I can make it, I can make it. And Batman shuts off Robin's engine. Uh, yes, because he doesn't trust that little boy to make... The good call. He's very impulsive and da da da. We're just setting up some bullshit and fucking arc for Robin that makes no sense. And as Batman jumps, we cut back to Robin, who's like, ah! "Oh my god, everything sucks." <laughs> uh, Batman captures Freeze here. It's really quick, really easy. Surprisingly, Robin just continues to bitch. That's literally what I have in my notes. To be honest, like. This movie made me mad, but like it, it didn't make me as well. Parts of it made me really mad, like the pun thing. The pun thing could have went down about 150 degrees, but the movie that would have been very cold, dear. The, oh, shut up, Scott. <laughs> the movie in general, god damn it. I was just about to say something nice. Now I don't want to anymore. <laughs> I I do feel like there is a world in which this could have worked. If you had casted Chris O'Donnell as a actual teenager or, you know, just not cast Chris O'Donnell, just fuck him. Like, go away, Chris O'Donnell. You want to make George Clooney the new Batman? Then get a new fucking Robin, too. Who cares at this point? Just get a new Robin and make him an actual teenage boy. Because then when he's bitching and moaning all the time, it, you know, it'll make more sense and sound more appropriate. I feel bad for Chris O'Donnell in this movie because I feel like like he's not, you know, fucking Robert De Niro as far as an actor. Right. But like he he's he has the capacity to be fine. We saw that in Three Musketeers. He was fine. So you can do that with him. But he just got set up to fail, I think. But. Every couple years, we have to try and make somebody happen that doesn't happen. I don't think they cared enough about Chris O'Donnell to try to make him happen. Well, he's in the big Disney Free Musketeers movie. He's kind of like the Hayden Christensen of this time period. Like, he's just kind of like a bland, attractive, blonde, young guy. And they he's not a great actor, but he's attractive. So let's put him in movies. Exactly. We're try- and then we try and put him in the biggest movies. Right. And that's a mistake. Right. So what you're saying, dear, is that someday, like Hayden Christensen's career, they'll do like a reboot or a spinoff of a Batman thing. Like they'll do a Robin fucking miniseries and bring Chris O'Donnell no, back no, no, and no, no, he'll no, have like a mini comeback. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no. No? No, okay. no, 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 no. I think Chris O'Donnell has learned his place. Is on in the great circle of life <laughs> with LL Cool J on NCIS. So, uh, yeah, are we? Where are we now? So now, since Robin is pouting, 
Um, oh, are we up to the fucking part where it uh, turns out Barbara Gordon slash not Barbara Gordon is actually like a motorcycle street racer? That is exactly the part we are up to. Oh, hooray. Isn't this a lovely addition to the movie that totally matters? So Barbara is apparently stealing some of Dick's bikes trying to make money on the underground to free Alfred from his servitude. It's so stupid. So Robin follows her one time to this place, and I swear to God, I, I hope our friend Antonio from uh, Cult Worthy Podcast is listening to this. They go to this, like, I don't even know what, this, like, p- parking lot. It fucking, it looked like the place in Pitch Perfect where they did the riff off, if anyone who's seen Pitch Perfect knows what I'm talking about. So they go there, and there's, you know, motorcycles are racing. And I swear to God, they have, like, these gangs there, and it looked like fucking 1997 version of the Warriors. They had all these, like, stupid, over-the-top outfits that matched and shit covered in neon and like mohawks and shit and they all had a very specific look it was very funny and it made me think of the warriors but one thing that came up too was we saw that uh coolio was there coolio's in this movie you guys remember coolio unfortunately he he recently passed away back in september but apparently coolio's brief inclusion in this movie was not just like a little fun cameo apparently he was supposed to be in the following movie in this whole franchise there was going to be a fifth movie with batman and robin and batgirl going after harley quinn and scarecrow who is going to be played by coolio (laughs) uh obviously that idea got scrapped when this movie fucking bombed the fuck out but um, I just found that very interesting <laughs> that they put him in this movie in some random motorcycle chase scene thing for literally two seconds. Like, if you didn't know any better, you'd think it was just like a 90s cameo. Like, oh, look, it's Grammy winning rapper <laughs> Coolio. Isn't that a delight? But no, apparently he was going to be our scarecrow. Which, okay interesting who would you want as your scarecrow dear killian murphy fuck that guy or (laughs) fucking coolio come on now but yes this motorcycle race robin is kind of just following barbara they trick barbara she almost falls to her death oh no but robin catches her at the last minute oh no i really wish he hadn't it's clearly supposed to be like a chemistry type thing set up between robin and barbara like oh look they're such young crazy impulsive teens i mean grown people in their 20s don't they look so cute together oh it turns out barbara's not just some normal prissy london gal no she's a badass motorcyclist that's nothing happens here it's totally pointless it's just there for a cool chase scene with motorcycles because we need to when we sell the barbara gordon action figure for this movie it has to be sold with motorcycle included so you know we need to put in the motorcycle race yep so we cut to arkham asylum and in arkham they're putting mr freeze in the room with one single light 
Poison Ivy decides she's going to break in with Bane and break Arnold out. Why is she doing that again? She wants him to freeze the world, killing all the human population. Oh, right. So the plants can take over and rule the world and blah, blah, blah. Oh, what a wonderful time this is to be alive. Okay. So, yeah. So she breaks him out. And he's like, quick, you have to save my wife. She's in the little tube or whatever filled with water. And it's somehow keeping her alive, even though she is a human. And she can't breathe water. But, you know, don't worry about that. (laughs) Just go get her. Uh, Which also, like, he says to Poison Ivy, he's like, okay, I'm going to go. You get my wife and I'll take care of the Batman because Batman comes and is going to stop this whole escape plan, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I'll take care of that. You get my wife. And she's in a ginormous metal tube filled with water. Like, how does he expect her to just get her and, like, get her out of the... It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, it doesn't matter because she unplugs the wife and kills her because she's like, fuck, I don't want him worrying about his stupid wife the whole time. I want him focused on my evil plan. Yes. Why? It doesn't really make any fucking sense. But okay, sure, whatever. You know what I just realized? Yes. We've gone through a decent amount of the plot of this movie, pretty much. Like, we're, we're... actually not too far from the climax indeed you know? and we've talked about robin we've talked about batgirl we've talked about poison ivy we've talked about freeze and we've even talked about fucking alfred but we've i feel like we've barely talked about george clooney's performance as batman in this batman movie well that's because george clooney is nothing in this movie he's just bland I understand the idea that like Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne is supposed to be like this cool, suave kind of like George Clooney, right? But like he's there's nothing of George Clooney in here. Like this is the least George Clooney performance that I've ever seen from George Clooney. (laughs) He has no charm whatsoever. Even in the scene where he's making out with like the supermodel and then making out with Uma Thurman, like there's nothing. I feel nothing from George Clooney. I feel like he he was constricted probably in both physical ways with the suit, but also just in giving a fuck about like, I feel like he must have known it was not going to be good, this movie. Well, I, I don't think he could have known because A, you have three movies before this that all did, I think, pretty well. There had to have been a, a, a moment while all of them were doing this movie that someone's light bulb went off like, I don't know if this is... A good idea. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work out. Because George Clooney is so very not George Clooney in this movie. No, he's not. He's very. He's su- not even really a good Bruce Wayne in this movie. No, he's not. And the sad part is he probably could be a very good Bruce Wayne if you yeah. like. Yeah. Maybe not a good Batman. No, he's not. Because a good he's not intimidating at all. Like the first opening scene when he's fighting Freeze with Robin he, like, bursts in through the window, like, to, you know, start his fight with Mr. Freeze. And he just goes, Hi, Freeze. I'm Batman. He literally sounds like he's in line at the bank to open an account. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. Hi, I'm Batman. I would like to open a savings account. Uh, well, and to be honest, I don't think any of the Batmans really are, like, they come in and they become intimidating by how they act, like... Michael. Christian Bale was intimidating well, as Bale. Batman. 
well, Christian Bale's also psychotic. Um, well, okay. But Michael Keaton also has that kind of manic energy. Yeah. And Kilmer, Kilmer also has some of that energy, too. Yeah, I feel like they casted George Clooney because he was probably at that time, like, the hot, young, new actor, maybe. Like, he was coming up, and he is hot, and he's suave, like a Bruce Wayne should be. But... I, I wish I could say something terribly bad or terribly good about the performance, but I, I can't say really anything about it. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Okay. If you could do a Batman movie today, who would be one of your choices for Batman? Ooh. Well, this is off the top of my head, so let me think for yes, a second. Yes, exactly. That's, you know. I mean, I know I talk about the show a lot, and it's my favorite show of all time. So I might be biased, but I wouldn't be mad if like a Jared Padalecki was Batman. Interesting. Okay. I feel like he could pull it off. I feel like either of the Winchester boys could pull off a Batman. I, I, my feeling is the one guy who I think he's gonna eventually be Logan, possibly. Um, but mm. I think Taron Edgerton. He could do it. I like Taron Edgerton a lot. I think he has the looks plus like he can kick ass. I feel like it's hard to cast Batman because you need somebody that has that that strength and agility that Batman needs, but also the smoothness and even coldness, I would say, that Bruce Wayne has. So it's you basically need to play two characters in one almost. Well, yeah. The thing about like Batman and what makes Batman such an interesting character is... Batman is actually the person while Bruce Wayne is the mask. But the moral to the story is that even though George Clooney is the shit, he might not have been the best choice for Batman, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think he would even say that. I think he has said that. Yeah, he has said Multiple that. Multiple times he's apologized for this movie. <laughs> you should have known it, Bat Nipples, man. You should have known it and been like, listen. <laughs> hey, George, can I put a camera right on your crotch? Just oh, right God, in helpless. there. Uh, so, back to this plot. Mm. Oh, no, not the plot. The plot. Is there a plot? Uh, what are we talking about now? Oh, God. Uh, the Ivy kills Nora. She tells Freeze it's Batman's fault. Freeze is like, I will kill everyone. Right. The plan gets set. They steal the bat signal. They make it a Robin symbol. Yeah, and Robin's like, I, I knew it would be because Ivy loves me and she wants to fuck me and not you, Batman. She's calling for me. And it's like, oh my God. And Batman. <laughs> it's so unfortunate that and, you're so dumb. <laughs> and Batman goes, dude, think about it. All these people are getting poisoned and have like lipstick on their lips. Like, think about it. She's going to try and kill you. And Robin, of course, bitches and moans. While that's going on, Freeze takes Bane to the observatory. To turn the fucking big telescope that we talked about earlier into like a fucking ice gun or something. I don't know. Yes. So. See, even me saying that in such a blase attitude it still sounds like a fucking stupid ass thing. And while all this is going on and all this setup is going on, Alfred gives... Barbara a CD to send to his long lost brother who is the butler. He's like a butler to a Maharaja. He says to Barbara send this to this guy so he can know my last wishes before I die or some shit. And ultimately that whole thing was pointless because the whole purpose of it 
was so Barbara could have the CD and then put it in the thing to figure out for herself that Bruce is Batman and then she becomes Batgirl and blah blah blah. So it's like why wouldn't Alfred just give her the CD and forget the all whole brother nonsense? Like here's this CD, it will tell you everything you need to know. Or he could just, you know, tell her with his mouth that <laughs> Bruce Wayne is that what you do with your mouth (laughs) you know I don't understand the purpose of the CD thing I don't get it because Barbara claims to be it's the 90s we need CDs in here (laughs) because Barbara claims to be a hacker so she must everybody's a hacker in the 90s hack the planet hack the planet (laughs) what the fuck this movie makes no sense anyway it doesn't fucking matter Alfred's dying and he gives Barbara CD. Barbara li- watches CD, and it says Bruce is Batman. So then Barbara becomes Batgirl. The end. Yes. Puts on rubber suit with rubber titties. Indeed. So while she's getting ready, Robin arrives at Poison Ivy's lair that is overrun with plants. Robin's like, "Tell me your evil plan." And Ivy goes, "Okay, here's the evil plan." And biggest mistake a villain can make. <laughs> and then Robin's like, oh, I must go. And Ivy goes, one kiss for good luck. Robin kisses her. And Ivy's like, ha ha, I... I killed you, you and Robin's fool. L- and then Robin does, ha, rubber lips are immune to your charm. Oh, fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so this leads to Batman being like, ha, it was a trap. And... Uh, Ivy quickly dispatches of both of them, shoves Robin into the water, which Robin can seemingly not get out of. Finally, Batgirl shows up because we can't have Batman and Robin beat up Poison Ivy. We need Batgirl to fight Poison Ivy. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, because... Okay, so this is the part... So the fucking Batgirl shows up. This is the pun that sent me reeling. So she shows up. And they start to fight, you know, and before they fight, they got to do their little one-liners at each other. So Ivy says something, and then Alicia Silverstone goes, I'm going to turn you into compost, or something to that effect. And again, I'm, you know, I'm standing over my little ticker with the pun count, and I just burst into laughter. I just can't control it. I'm just like, what the fuck is this movie? What is it? It doesn't make any sense, Scott. It's compost. Ah, uh, because she's plants and it's all about the plants. By the way, earlier too, they said a line. This is what makes me think that if they did it tongue in cheek, it would have worked. Because when Ivy was like trying to, you know, fuck with Robin before, she says something along the lines of like, Ah, there's something about an anatomically correct rubber suit that just brings fire to a girl's lips. And it's just like, all right. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot, especially since he definitely should be a teenage boy in this movie. But also, (laughs) it's just, (laughs) Scott's dying. (laughs) It definitely, it makes me think that if they were operating in that realm of thinking the whole movie... This actually could have been like a genuine comedy. Not just the I'm laughing because it's so bad thing. It could have been a comedy that was good and like making fun of Adam West Batman. 
but we did that accidentally, I guess, yes. in this movie. We did that. On- Whoops-a-daisy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, the, she fights fucking Ivy. To, she gets eaten by a Venus flytrap, and you think she's dead, but she's not. She comes back later. But she, Barbara goes up to fucking Batman and Robin, and she has, like, the little like thing over her eyes you know i mean obviously she can see through them with her eyes not even covering her whole face this mask right yeah and george clooney goes well who are you and (laughs) it's just it's like the same fucking scenario as the jingle all the way thing with turbo man arnold schwarzenegger and it's like are you kidding me (laughs) the world's greatest detective here i can't do it and then she just looks at him like he has three heads and she's like it's me barbara you fucking idiot (laughs) it's like what the fuck So, Uh, so now we know the evil plan for freeze to freeze gotham oh you are you saying the guy named mr freeze wants to freeze thing yes he does what a fucking amazing and he's all revelation and he's already at the telescope but we need to have time for our superheroes to have a complete costume change oh i can't do it <laughs> and this is painful now they, does she come back fucking ivy she doesn't get eaten by her own fly trap and die so she no she comes back at the end then prison because that didn't make any sense to me either no it doesn't the, it's her plant yep she has control so of why would she why would the plant eat her i don't know they just we, we just needed her out of the scene so yes. we can move on to Mr. Freeze. Indeed. Okay. Continue. End this misery. <laughs> so we get to the telescope where Freeze is finally freezing Gotham and he freezes a dog in place. It that's Oh yeah, that made me sad. I was like, Oh, an emotion. <laughs> Hello. I forgot what those felt like. An emotion. <laughs> I, I have emotions. Sadness. <laughs> My emotions. Um. So finally, Batman has to fight Mister Freeze, and Robin and Batgirl fight Bane. Bane gets dispatched fairly easily with the venom being knocked out of his head, and he becomes tiny again. What a world! What, what a world. world! I'm melting. Exactly. Batman almost dies. Robin. Batgirl save they they all save each other. Oh, hooray! They fi- we finally learned that Robin is capable, and he's a hero too. He's just not an impulsive dummy, you know he is. But okay. And finally, we beat Freeze, and Freeze is like what the- killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> The Ice, the Ice Age. Age. That um, was earlier in the movie, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, it hurts my brain to think about other things. And Freeze is like, kill me, Batman. <laughs> like, you'll kill my wife. And he oh, goes, God. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, okay. We find out that Ivy killed the wife. Oh, my God. Well, Ivy didn't kill the wife. <laughs> Batman saved her at the last minute and said, oh. oh what a twist. What a twist. Oh, my God. And he's like, die. and oh. it turns out. Throughout all of this, mm. Alfred's illness is actually an earlier version mm. of Mr. Freeze's wife's mm. illness that Mr. Freeze can cure. Mm. So Mr. Freeze gives Batman the antidote. Yeah, Batman does a whole like emotional quote unquote scene with Freeze now and he's like, You are you're a doctor, you you heal people, blah blah blah. And it's like, really we're doing this now? Now? Okay. 
moving on. He gets the cure. We cure Alfred. Yay. Alfred, poor thing. He's just like, great, more work. <laughs> Where was the sweet release of death? The sweet, cold hands <laughs> of death. I was looking forward off. to it. <laughs> Be finally free of you fucking spoiled rich people. God damn it. <laughs> and now I get my British niece that gets to live here now too. Now I'll be celebrating my 105th birthday <laughs> as your butler. <laughs> Hooray. So yeah, the movie ends, right? We, it ends well, now. Well, now we cut to Ivy in Arkham Asylum. Oh my God. Who and, cares? And Mr. Freeze F- goes after her because she killed his wife. Yes, or tried to. And he's like, it will be a cold day for you. Oh, mah, mah, mah. And that is the end of the movie. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so to my pun counter. Now, to be fair, I might be a little off because, A... What's well, a pun? Right. I lost the meaning of the word pun after a while. And two, because there were definitely points that either I was laughing so hard I didn't hear a pun maybe here or there or Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying something that was a pun and I didn't fully understand it because of his like little mush mouth whatever was going on because I could tell something was in his mouth because his teeth were glowing so I was like okay they put something in his mouth which wasn't wise because you know he already has a heavy Austrian accent like don't make it harder for the guy but anyway uh, I came out to a total of 36 puns in this like hour and a half movie so it roughly came out to like a pun for every three minutes of the film i did my calculations which i feel like if i knew or even thought that there was a, a modicum of chance that i would watch this movie again i would try to do a counter of just one liners and that would be even worse but luckily for me I'm never going to watch this again. I'm good. I've experienced it. I've had enough. Yes. Next time I'll introduce you to the good Batman movies. But that leads us to Frankie. Wrap us up. What are your final thoughts? What's your rating? All that good stuff on Batman and Robin slash Batgirl. I gave Batman and Robin a half star out of five because I know during this review we've laughed and it's been a hell of a time but I don't think while watching the movie I laughed as much there were a couple of times where I laughed at you know so bad it's good things but mostly it was just a display of the bad side of 90s cinema and it made me disappointed um, but just remember, guys, we could have had Hulk Hogan as Mr. Freeze or Sly Stallone even. That's true. So just count your blessings, I guess. Because um, while Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, everything in this movie actually was a shit show, he at least was trying. I feel like no one else outside of him and Uma were trying, but he was giving it like 200%. At all times. And, you know, God bless. <laughs> God bless. But, yeah, indeed. no, it didn't It didn't do enough to give it a full star. So, half star. I, Nothing good can come of this. Uh, Nothing. I have it as a one star out of five. 
I, I get a kick out of stupid little things and some of the stupid nostalgia of it. Honestly, it's probably just for Arnold is the only reason it's at one star. But yeah, then, I would say so. That and all the puns. All the puns. Yay. Such clever writing. All the puns. Uh, so what are we doing next week, Frankie? Uh, well, next week we have our patented, not so patented, Shoot the Flick Christmas special. Yay! Yay. Now, th- this was a doozy to try to figure out. We had two options going into this. We had a wholesome option and a not so wholesome option. And ultimately, seeing as how the last two movies we've done are both not so wholesome Christmas movies in that they're kind of shitty 90s movies, we figured we'll just go along that route and do the not so wholesome option. So um, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a time and we're going to prepare everyone for some Christmas cheer. And embrace the cold, icy hands of death. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, yeah, that's actually accurate. Okay, so (laughs) get ready for that. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Freeze. No, no, be Scott Wayne, at least. Okay, but then I have to deal with Chris O'Donnell. Oh my god, you can just kill him and get a new Robin. (laughs) Isn't that what the real Bruce Wayne does? (laughs) Who fucking cares? Anyway, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at ShootTheFlick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our heartwarming dreamy movie adventure i hope no one gets it because i want them to be surprised (laughs) (laughs) oh god it'll be a cold day in hell what killed the (laughs) (laughs) the ice age (laughs) 